Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of our podcast, Nankru Naisa. What a lovely radiophonic <laughs> voice, Michelle. <laughs> Incredible. I do my best. <laughs> uh, your best was amazing this morning. It's a uh, for a first. Yeah, well, you know, I talk a lot in public. I have to practice also in a mic. Yeah, it's com two completely different things. And uh, I was in London. <laughs> yeah. I was in London last weekend. And this, it's funny because there were 10,000 people in there. Jeez. And I had my mic. I was alone on the floor with the athletes. So fun. And the second the broadcast and the Buttery Bros came with their cams to <laughs> shoot me to announce the podiums, I was like, Oh my God. Guys, I am freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Leave the cameras out of there, please. <laughs> they're like, what? Yeah, man, I don't do well in front of cameras. Oh so my please God. Get it and they're so, uh, the Buttery Bros are so like, um, like it's so easy to talk in front of a camera when they're there because they're so like, I don't know. There's, they, they just, they just, they just get words out of people, you know, they, it, it, they have this gift of making people talk. Yeah, they're pretty easygoing. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they, I mean, how can you not feel comfortable when uh, they're always smiling, super happy? You know, yeah, yeah. it was more the the big broadcast cams that were there oh, right yeah, in front. Well, I mean, I I feel so uncomfortable every single time that happens. Yeah. So yeah, just thought uh, it, it probably the same. You're 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 good to speak in front of people, but with a microphone, it's kind of different. It's the same thing. The next step's going to be TV cameras. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess I look at the camera and I'm like, it's a camera. I don't, I guess I tried not to see what's behind the camera. It's, it's just a camera. Well, you have more experience than me. Yeah, I mean, you, you did yeah. so many interviews. Yeah, in and you know, your when you're doing a workout and you're trying not to look like a complete psychopath <laughs> in front of the camera, <laughs> it takes a lot of practice, you know, but you get it done and it, you get used to it. How was it? Tell me, how was London? Uh, uh, how was the competition? La London? London? People in London are, are very welcoming. I don't know why in Canada we have this kind of thought that they're cold. Like the British people are like cold. The British cold. are cold. And yeah. And they're not at all. They're super welcoming. They, I mean, I had... I think London or maybe British CrossFitters are very welcoming. <laughs> CrossFitters yeah, are yeah, like this exception to the rule. It, it's... No, but I mean... You know me, I went to different coffee shops, I went to restaurants, and the service is always spot on. I had to, uh, uh, I had the best service of my life in at Rossland Coffee in London, so if you oh, ever nice. hit there, it was completely crazy, and yeah, it was, the, the people were super welcoming, and I kind of figured out how to have the British accent. You just never pronounce the T's, so let's say you... Uh, You want to say, oh, this thing's so much better. So they would get, yeah, it's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> they never pronounce T. It's like you have an English and French Canadian accent yeah. in one sentence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, uh, they love the Canadian accent. Everyone loves the Canadian accent. I don't the know The French why. Canadian or the Canadian accent? Uh, well, I have like a French. Like the Paul Tremblay Canadian accent? Paul Tremblay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it would be Paul Tom Paul Tremblay. <laughs> Paul Tremblay. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, so yeah, it, it was great. And I mean, I kind of had an experience I wanted to share because 10,000 people there and, you know, you get to share the floor with some of the people that are, I mean, Matt Fraser, Rich Froning, they're, they're all there on the floor with you. And 
I mean, the energy from you can you're right in the middle of all of this since you're the I mean, emceeing is being the the gap between the athlete and the crowd. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of get I'm getting a bit cosmic here, but you kind of get the energy from the crowd and also the energy from the athletes. So all yeah. the emotions they live on the floor. Yeah. So um, there, I mean, y you live all of this for three days and you have to be always super, super sharp mentally all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Must not so be easy. It's easy when you do it. It's the problem <laughs> is when it's over. <laughs> so Sunday, Sunday evening, I was at the hotel with the guys. We were just having a beer or a pint. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> depending on what on, on, on where you live, but we were and I started, I literally started shaking mm. and I was just it, it's just your body shuts down after these three days of being super, you know, mentally uh, spot on receiving all this energy, the love from the crowd, the athletes, the emotion. I mean, also announcing that David Sharinki was the guy who gets the ticket. He's the hometown hero, oh. gets his ticket there. So, I mean. The crowd was ecstatic. Everyone wow. on the floor was that was very emotional. So you get to share all of this with everyone. And it's just sometimes we look like parrots that are just repeating what they see on the floor. Like, yeah, he's lifting the barbell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Matt Fraser just won. Oh, yeah. but but it's it's so much more than that. And it was. Uh, yeah. So my body started shaking. I and I kind of needed to be alone because it, it was not something related to whatever anxiety or it was just yeah shut down yeah the same experience uh you know bruni serin right yes uh when he broke carl lewis record uh in i don't know 1990 something same thing happened to him yeah in madrid he won the world championship broke carl lewis record he was sitting in madrid for his party after with two hoodies on and still shaking. Oh yeah, it the was like complete certain nervous system <laughs> shut down. <laughs> yeah, I felt good, but I was shaking. And oh man, I, I was cold, and uh, so yeah, so I had kind of the same experience. Same thing happened to me at Waterpalooza also last year. Oh yeah, so it happened to me at strength. It's like an that, adrenaline crash, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, and I realized that yeah, I mean, for people that think that human don't absorb emotions, oh god, completely not true. I mean, in my no. case, I don't know about you, but in my case, it's. It was, uh, yeah. I've never had the opportunity to MC something like that, but I can, I can tell you that when we do our training camps for DECA comp athletes before the games, you know, and I would get home from that, like you're trying to amp up the athletes to keep training, you know, you like I I've been there, so I know how hard that can be. That to keep staying positive and 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 keep giving your best in training. Day, on a day-to-day -day basis with the intensity that you have it's really tough and as a coach I tried to you know push them as much as I could to s keep that energy level up but it takes a lot out of you when you're trying to to direct people in a certain uh like uh state of mind mm -hmm. and you have to drive that out of people um then and the tired energy that they would have it it it's like uh, I didn't do anything today, but God, it, like today is hard, and yeah, for sure, one hundred percent, we, we, we are one hundred percent affected by the energy around us, and that's actually that was like my design ethos. Really? That when I was in design, my goal was to affect people's mood and energy based on their environment, and 
and there are so many ways to do this and human beings are affected by a lot of things color is one of them light is another yeah. and obviously our social construct around us and our and our environment is 100% um it affects us and how we how we feel so to have that kind of concentrated intensity would be a lot to take on and the v amount of visual information you guys must have when you MC, the amount of moving parts, not just from the athletes, but from the crowd must be extremely fatiguing. I bet you, I bet you anything the next Monday, you guys, your eyes must have been really heavy, like your eyelids. Yeah, like, my eyes, my, my throat was sore. Yeah. I, 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 you know, you're still super happy, but I mean, yeah, it's just let's say just the last heat of last event was a sprint i mean true uh. crossfit fashion you you end up the the competition with a sprint and you had like fraser coming in and then uh, bronislav and then uh, boom uh, the other one sharinki all over so it was uh it was super interesting that's anyway. really cool that's really cool uh you know what else is cool yeah pizza and yes. the good thing <laughs> he must have felt that crash like big time too he After qualified through brazil right no argentina argentina oh don't sorry don't cry for me mr Pichot. <laughs> uh yeah he qualified in argentina back in december and uh he's our guest this week another episode that we have that is sponsored by atlas games it's part of our atlas game series that are coming up in uh, march march 13 to 15 right here in montreal so crossfit world please join us in there and uh yeah i'm excited to talk to pete it's always such a pleasure pete's such a dude he's such he's a big, like he's big like lad, yeah big he, dude. he's a he's like paul you know like they're such dudes at ncr so i'm excited to talk to him yeah same here always always loved every single time we had the chance to chat or train together so uh stick with us in just a few moments pete shaw This program is brought to you by Fit Gastronomy. Fit Gastronomy is specialized in making and delivering fresh and healthy meals. We strongly believe in the benefits of a constantly varied and balanced nutrition, and that is why Fit Gastronomy is offering a variety of 12 delicious options every week. When you order, you can choose to have your box delivered from Tuesday to Friday, either at home or at work, everywhere in Quebec and Ontario. Fit Gastronomy will be on site during the CrossFit Atlas Games, March 13th to 15th in Montreal, and they invite you to visit their website to enjoy 50% off your first meals. www.fitgastronomy.com Like you're willing to jump off a cliff for it. Oh man. It's crazy. It's so weird. That's cool. So, it's the weird. But it must be quite the feeling, right? Must be uh yeah. So, so I, I don't think there's words to describe this kind of uh adrenaline that you get. It's a lot of, yeah. It's the adrenaline for the first couple of weeks are are crazy. The adrenaline for the first couple of nights, like Jen gave birth in the middle of the night. And so you know, we went through a normal day and then she gave birth in the middle of the night and you don't sleep that whole night. And then the next day you don't sleep because people come visit and the nurses are in there and you're high on adrenaline. And then the first night in the hospital is his, his, his your first night alone with him. Yeah. 
So you're, you don't sleep because you're on a more adrenaline. And then it's not until like, you know, 72 hours later of not sleeping at all that you realize like you're kind of coming down and you're like, Oh my God, like my eyes are burning. I like your eyes are like, my eyes are like the same orange as like the back wall there. Were you still on kind of this, the, the adrenaline of qualifying in Argentina back then? Like you fly back home, uh, there's Christmas, then the kid comes out, you know, there's all these kind of stuff that are happening. The kid comes out. Yeah, the kid comes out. That's how he, you know, it comes out. It just comes out. (laughs) At at that point, I wasn't really thinking about that. No, it's just, it's maybe at, at Christmas, definitely. I was like on a high, but you know, when, uh, when your wife goes into labor and it's like the scariest, most nerve wracking thing ever, it's you're yeah. not thinking about going to the CrossFit Games, that's for sure. Uh, that's not what I meant, but I mean, you're, you're qualifying and the weeks after the week after is Christmas, then you, you become a dad. I mean, that's quite a two or three week span there. I mean, I, I don't think in your life, uh, hopefully such positive yeah. adrenaline comes in, but I mean. Oh, for sure. The ti- And the timing couldn't have been better. Like looking you know looking back at you know when I qualified for the games in Argentina uh early December it was so nice to go into Christmas like I mean you guys remember when the open was in February like you can't really relax at Christmas you know you you're like "Ah, I gotta turn down like I gotta turn down that alcoholic beverage here I gotta (laughs) maybe only have a little bit of the cake here and now it was like just a pure celebration at Christmas time, which was awesome. So I got to let loose a little bit with the family and, you know, chill and, and uh, you know, not train quite as hard. Like usually at Christmas, I'm I'm like forcing myself to go to the gym still and stuff. I took a couple extra days off and, and, uh, and really actually just this past week was my first like full week back of training. Did you, did you like, so how long did it take to prepare for Argentina? Oh, was that like a target competition for you? Or is it just kind of like you, you prepared to the best of your ability and then, and then you just kind of like let things happen and and if the chips fall where they should, you know? Yeah. I mean, it became a target competition when it became a target competition, probably well, I'll tell you what happened. I mean, I was training. I've always been training to to be as good as possible and and hopefully go to the CrossFit Games. So that you know, my target was when you know when sanctionals came. It was a funny year because you had the you had the the uh, spring open and the fall open, right? And so I was trying to peak for that first February open. Um, after that. You know, I didn't make it into the top 20. It wasn't a good open for me. And then, and that was my goal at the time. Because um, the year before, I had been pretty close to top 100. I was like, oh, okay, a couple of tweaks here and there. I, I might have a chance. After that didn't happen for me, I just kind of chilled a little bit. I, I went and did Granite Games with Paul, not really thinking about, you know, using that as a, as a you know, a peaking point, an opportunity to get to the CrossFit Games. Then I went to judge at the games in August. Yeah. During that whole period of time, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm staying fit. I'm training as usual. And in August, um, in August, when I, one of my coworkers, Pablo, was telling me that 
Argentina is going to host a sanctioned event. And he goes, you know, you can come and win this event. And, uh, you know, he's like half joking, half trying to convince me to go out there and hang out with him because he lives uh, part time in Argentina. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't seriously thinking about it because at the same time, I'm like, you know, it's a big possibility that I'm going to have a child in December. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, basically, when one thing came to another, we looked at the event schedule, uh, the sanctional schedule, and Argentina became a very real possibility that I could qualify, just based on the fact that it was the weekend before um, Dubai. So that was kind of a strategic, um, a strategic uh, thing to idea to go there because you know that a lot of the top competitors are going to want to go to Dubai for all the money, um, and. Yeah, and it just and it was early in the season, so I feel like a lot of competitors are also thinking like, you know, they want to see how things play out, and they're playing it safe, trying to, you know, see who qualifies where, and then decide later on. Whereas I kind of took the opposite strategy. I was like, I'm just gonna go for it as early as possible, try and go against the grain a little bit, and then, yeah. um, you know, obviously, I, in years past, I, I'm not winning the CrossFit game, so I, I need to be strategic in terms of where I. I pick my sanctioned events if I want to go. So oh, go, go ahead, Michelle. So like once you start, to, when is it in the weekend that you realize that you were going in there to, to win the sanctional and to qualify for the games? Like, first of all, when did you realize that was your intention? Because sometimes we, we have actions that kind of yeah. guide towards intentions and not the other mm -hmm. way around. And then during the weekend, how... How were you feeling when you were coming closer and closer to the realization that you were getting, that you were, you're going to, to go to the games? Well, when, so they were part of a, they were part of, um, a group of sanctioned events that had an online qualifier before the open. Okay. So it was Atlas games. Argentina. Yeah, the international online qualifier. That's right. It was Wadapalooza and also Ireland. Yeah. Uh, filthy 150. And um, I that group of sanctioned events attracted me just as a whole. And so I did the international online qualifier. I was like, okay, I'm just going to see where the chips fall. Pretty cool that Argentina is part of this group because I remember Pablo telling me about it. That's kind of how it went down. Okay. And then after all was said and done, of all the sanctioned events, I was highest ranked in qualifying for Argentina. And then as the chips started like sort of continuing to fall after the open and they were accepting the invites to these competitions, people kept, some people were dropping out of Argentina and my, my, my ranking going into the competition kept on increasing until I was like top three ranked individuals going into Argentina. And, and then that was when we pulled the trigger on committing to it. And as soon as I, as soon as I had committed to going, the goal was always to win. Yeah. So it wasn't just when I landed, it was, you know, the, the couple months leading into Argentina, it was, I need to, I need to peak for this competition because if I'm going to fly 24 hours to get there, I'm going to try and win the thing. Yeah. You what know? did you change? Nothing. It's, I didn't really change, like, in terms of leading into it, like, what was yeah, my strategy, like or just, like, peak for the competition, like, wh right. how did you get to that peak? Right, so, um, 
I mean, I think we all know it. in a competition setting, sometimes things can get a little heavier. Sometimes there's combinations. I mean, the test, uh, a CrossFit test is a little different than you would go about training yourself. And so in terms of, in terms of pushing the body um, to its limits, we decided to just increase the intensity and volume in the couple months leading into it and then allow a week or two of just sort of recovery so that I was able to come into the competition and, and, you know, and peak with sort of that, um, that intensity in the sort of the back of my, my mind or the, not the back of my mind, but my body had sort of been through that experience a little bit beforehand. I mean, when you're training and you're just trying to stay healthy and, and have things ongoing, like you're not always paying attention to, you know, peaking certain weaknesses that you might have. Like if I, you know, I know that handstand pushups are a, a weakness of mine. And so that's something that, you know, we hammer and hammer and hammer for a couple of months and then we lay off of it and uh, going into the competition for a couple of weeks to sort of let my body recover from that, you know. Yeah. Um, so just little things like that. Nothing changes majorly except that maybe you're maybe you're forcing yourself to to go pick up a weight that you know is a very high likelihood that it's going to show up in a competition or um you know maybe there are certain things that you've failed at in the past that you want to come up with a successful strategy to overcome and so you try and test your your boundaries a little bit more often leading into that competition so at least if you know, at least if you're not going to get exponentially fitter in that time, you at least have a game plan. Mm. Um, it's been a couple of years you've been around in the competitive scene. I remember taking the floor with you at the Canada East Regionals in 2014. You were competing with your now your uh, affiliate that you own, CrossFit NCR mm -hmm. uh, team. And then you went individuals at the East Regional. And it seems like you were always a dark horse, like the guy that qualifies that i mean your your business partner now and i mean probably long time training partners with uh, paul tremblay yeah uh, paul tremblay and um and, and a couple of other dudes that used to work out at ncr i mean lucas parker yeah uh, reza still a pretty fit dude as well and uh, Reza's still going for it he, he made top 200 in his age category he's getting ready for the qualifiers amazing <laughs> amazing cool. so uh I mean, it, it seems like we don't know a lot of you, but you're an entrepreneur, a coach on the L1 staff, uh, a dad now, mm -hmm. a CrossFit Games competitor. Mm -hmm. is, there, is there any other thing we should know? Or I mean, no, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. That covers it. Yeah, that's like you know. I mean, sorry. That's a lot on your plate, man. For yeah, it, it is. I mean, it is, and it and it isn't. the The nice thing about owning a gym, being on CrossFit staff, and being a a games athlete now is that it's just all CrossFit, you know. So it's easy to. It's not like I don't spend time in a gym every single day, and I need to force myself away from my my desk job to try and get into the gym to train. You know, like. Yeah. The good thing is that uh, they lend themselves well to one another, and that's how I'm able to just sort of like balance it, juggle it, maintain that lifestyle. Um, 
being um, a dad is quite different, but yeah, I was going to we'll ask see, you we'll see how that goes. Because obviously having a child is it and, and anyone who's had a kid will, will kind of say that, that it changes priorities. So mm. have you found that training for the CrossFit games is a little bit more trying now that you know that you have something that is of equal, if not more important than that goal? Um, it's, uh, honestly at first, I mean, it's only been a month, so it's hard, it, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, the, the biggest thing I, I hear from people that are trying to give me advice is like every week is a different week, every month is a different month. So we'll see what happens mid summer and even a couple of weeks from now. But, um, the, the hardest part has been forcing myself to go to the gym because I've spent so much time here just with Jen and the baby with Jen and Johnny that uh, forcing myself to go to the gym, I almost feel bad leaving them. But Jen's been so good. Jen's been almost kicking me out of the house saying like, no, you got to go train, like get into your routine again. And um, I mean, other than that small thing, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's pretty easy. Once you're in the gym and you're training, I forget about everything else and I just train. I think we we often overlook the importance of having a great life partner and I mean, it seems your wife or girlfriend is, uh, and also new mom, she must yeah. be quite a lot of emotions right now, and she's still yeah. supporting you in that endeavor uh, of yeah. training for the games. They know, get the hell, and she probably still would like to have yeah. you over, you know, and stay, but she realizes how important it is and that yeah. balance, and we never quite speak about how supportive i mean i just competed on a regional level i mean yeah. i i've known michelle all these years and i'm pretty i'm i'm, I'm pretty close with fred um mm. who's been uh, who's been there uh, in almost all of her years and all that stuff so i, I think yeah. we yeah just saying we overlook and just the importance um, of what you're saying absolutely piece of advice I, I, i even see i even see it I mean, I even see how supportive Fred has been over the years, you know, yeah. seeing from afar, like just the good guy that he is and always being yeah. there for oh, you. Oh, yeah, he's a really good guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy seems like a clown. Um, piece of advice, what I did after each games <clears throat> to kind of like excuse myself for the moments of hard times because, you know, as an athlete, we all go through emotional ups and downs. So I would always take Fred out to a five course dinner and and mm. like best possible restaurant that I could find and I could afford yeah and usually that went over well so okay maybe, good. maybe something to think about for I'll after keep, the games I'll keep that in my back pocket for sure yeah. you probably yeah. had an argument a couple of years ago saying uh, yes thank you for being so supportive I'm going to bring you to LA during the summer now Madison is a little less exotic. <laughs> Chicago's cool. It's right next to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's nice. Madison's big. Madison's nicer than people give it credit for. It's like a nice little. Uh, it's it's a nice people. little cottage country, almost. You know, like I like yeah. Madison, but when you, I mean, when the lake is nice. Competing or coaching or covering or whatever. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it. LA's, LA's LA. It's more distracting. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. Pete, yeah. tell me. Tell me a little bit about the dynamic that you and Paul have, because I know that it's probably something that you don't get, you don't get a lot of credit for. Like everyone knows Paul from NCR, but I'm sure some people were like, "Who's Pete Shaw?" But like Greg said, you've been training for a really long time. Tell me what it's like to, to kind of like 
be not not incognito. I don't want to say incognito because anyone who has been competing in Canada East for a long time knows who you are and knows what you can do. Right. But do you find yourself kind of like an in Paul's shadow? Paul casts a pretty big shadow with his oh, persona yeah. and his his glutes. The Death Star. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He uh, in terms of the our dynamic. I mean. We started out when, when we both had less responsibility. When when I first started at the gym, like we were training all the time together, um, and so obviously over the years and as business partners, beyond that, even we become uh, best friends and and we continue to train as much as possible together. And lately, not quite as much of late, but we're always competing against each other because we follow you know we follow our ncr program and we, we do the the class workouts maybe just at different times of day and uh man ever since i stepped into the gym i've been trying to beat paul so that hasn't changed <laughs> that hasn't changed and, you know, we still chirp each other and, and it's good fun because we uh we push each other to be to become better you know now that now that i've made it to the games uh one of the first things actually paul said to me was Damn it! I'm jealous. Now I want to go to the games, and so he, you know, now he's trying to get to the games on a team, and he's trying to put a team together, which is sort of like his new, this new endeavor that he's, uh, he's told himself that he wants to do. So he's. Had he, um, had he decided to stop? No, he just hadn't. He just had. I mean, with three kids, you know, I, I'm struggling, not struggling, but I'm learning that one kid is a challenge. He's got three of them, you know, so. Like you talked about earlier, you know, your priorities kind of change. And although he does get into the gym and train as, as much as he possibly can, um, sometimes he, he would question whether or not uh, he would be able to put in what is needed to make it back to the CrossFit Games. And so and Paul is still an absolute weapon. Yeah. I mean, absolute, team, weapon. absolute weapon. Yeah, I think those are his words. Yeah, if he went to, if he, if he, if he went to Argentina, he probably he would have had a good chance of winning. Tell me now that we're getting closer, slowly, but getting closer to the games, what's the mindset for the next couple of months? Oh, man, the mindset for me is simple. It's just to, just to do what Reza tells me to do. So Reza, Reza is my coach. He's been programming for me for the past you know three years. The last, we decided to go that route going into the last year that regionals existed and I came out I don't know it was maybe the year before going into that last year and that was my best performance at regionals I was 12th um that year and you know Reza had a lot to do with that he just forced me to do things that I would never do without someone telling me to do them they're just you know it's it's the classic story and you as a coach know is that one of the hardest things to do is to force yourself to work on your weaknesses because you know, it sucks to work on them. Like or the opposite, a lot of athletes who program for themselves will kind of get themselves depressed working on their weaknesses only, you know? That's what I mean, is like mentally it's taxing, you know? And so um, over the years, Rez and I have had that conversation, you know? Like I, I, he he's pushed me sometimes to the point where I'm like, dude, like I, I don't even like working out anymore, you know? You got to like ease up on, on some of these things. <laughs> And so we found that we've struck a balance and uh, I trust him with my programming completely. So the next six months, my job is just to look at the spreadsheet, plan my day accordingly, and then and go as hard as possible to try to get the work done. 
Excellent. He's he's going to take care of the rest, and that'll that's a huge uh, that's a huge sort of load off my shoulders is to not have to worry about that extra stuff, especially with what Greg you were saying before. Is obviously there's a, a lot of other things that I'm trying to juggle, and um, I'll just I just like to let resid stay to his expertise, and then I'll stay to mine, which is just working hard. <laughs> Are you the, the qualifying for the CrossFit Games was the the beginning or the achievement? Do you see what I mean there? Like, oh, I made it to the games. Now it's just. Uh, oh, I'm gonna podium. Okay, I like that. I'm gonna podium at the games. I like so, that. I heard there's. Uh, and for everyone listening, I heard Michelle has. I heard Michelle was coaching someone who might be a threat as well. <laughs> Mr. Velner. Oh yeah, that's his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you see kidding. each other in the warm-up area, you'll see he's quite yeah. striking. Yeah, <laughs> he's charming. He might he might talk you out of the podium. No, I know. I need to try. I need to put my headphones on. Um, yeah, no. I, I, the goal the goal for me is always to is to do the best as possible. And one thing that you know, again, going back to to Jen is, you know, I, I can't uh, I couldn't ask for a, a better life partner, Jen is always pushing me to, to give my absolute best. And so she, you know, she knows and she's on the same page is that I'm going to give absolutely everything I have. And when I go to the games, like it's, it's game time. Like I, I want to perform as best as possible. And, and I know that if the cards lay out right for me, then I could get on that podium. So that's the goal. Yeah, Excellent. Because for great. the people listening, we're, we're having a live chat right now with Pete actually FaceTiming. And he said, I'm going to podium without hesitating and without any smile on his face. The guy is <laughs> stone cold, dead serious. <laughs> so, I mean, if you thought that was sarcastic or whatever, not at all. <laughs> laser focus. And the, I mean, Jen is uh, pushing you towards that goal, but do you get these kind of, I don't know, these kind of jokes or whatever, like, hey, uh, we're sacrificing everything right now for that, so you better podium, dude. Like, <laughs> you uh, better yeah. get on that podium. I got that. Yeah, I mean, I when I went to Argentina, I felt, but like Jen was, Jen was, she's eight months pregnant when I went to Argentina, you know, and oh, she so. She went down with you, holy moly. No, no, she, when I went, without, oh, okay. so, you know, I, she never said it, but in the back of my mind was like, oh, I'm leaving my pregnant wife, you know, to go to Argentina to compete in CrossFit, like I better win, you know, I better, <laughs> I better, I better do nothing less than win. So that sounds really funny to outsiders. I left my eight month pregnant wife home so that I can go compete in exercising yeah. in the hopes of qualifying for another competition yeah, to exercise. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> great, great after, uh, after a victory interview. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, yeah. So, so things are rolling. That's the goal. And uh, the next six months will be really fun. Oh, good. That's excellent. I yeah. honestly, um, I wish you all the best, Pete. Like, uh, it's so nice to see someone qualify for the games after how many years have you been competing? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, since 2014 was my first regional. So uh, you were competing yeah. before that, right? Uh, a little bit. Not not much, though. I, I pretty much in 2013 discovered that there were CrossFit competitions. So that was, you know, that was my, uh, I did like a couple of local comps and that was seven years, that was about it, seven years of being competing and yeah, just trying to, trying to climb it. the ladder, you know? Yeah. But what do you think about, you know, 
like I like I said before, like I, I was on that floor on 2014 too. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, the scene in Canada East has changed so much. That year was the year there was a three-way tie between um, Alex, Pascal, and, yeah. and PT right there. Unbelievable finish. Yeah, that that was that was a well. Michelle had an unbelievable finish to that yeah. year, right? Yeah. She was sitting yeah. uh, on the outside looking in right before qualifying on the last event. So that was a pretty emotional uh, and the last uh, Canada East regional ever. Yeah. Uh, how do you now? I don't know. I, I think I'm gonna have to count, but we have about seven guys from Canada East qualifying to the games. Uh, yep. Something it's, like that. It, yeah, the Canadians are strong. They always have been. It's probably the deepest field in the world right now. Probably the deepest region. So, yeah, if you're looking back and comparing the old regions, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's pretty crazy. How, how how did you hold up? I mean, to staying on top of all these youngsters coming in, and uh, I mean the Adlers and the Sam and uh, all, all these little guys. I mean, that are 21, nothing to worry about, just training and doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, it's. Uh, I mean. The advantage that the young guys have is that the young guys can come in and their bodies can take a beating and recover well from it, right? So you see a lot of young athletes coming into the sport and they train very, very hard. And they don't have tons of responsibility, so they have the time to do it as well. And and uh, and they get very good very fast because of it, you know. And, you know, I was that way early on. You know, I was, you know, seven years ago, I, w I was, you know, barely 23, 24, and I was training that way. And, um, you know, it's almost a blessing, though, is that the busier you get, you have to prioritize your training and try and figure out a way to maximize results in the shortest amount of time, which is really cool to me because that's truly what CrossFit is and what CrossFit started out as being is just effective and efficient methodology for training fitness right how can you maximize results in this in without by doing the least amount of work possible right and this is sort of what Reza and I have been trying to continuously do I only have you know I've got two to three hours each day that I train from start to finish I, I can't it's hard for me to break it up so I have two to three hours I enter the gym I train straight for that period of time and then and then I come out on the other side and that's it. And I know I know there's a lot of athletes out there that train, you know, pretty much their entire day. Yeah. Uh, God, who does and, that? And so it's it's that constant battle and and I think, you know, to answer your question is, you know, how how did I sort of stay on top? I think it's just, you know, I I mean, I've never been on top. This is, you know, I'm going to the games for the first time. That's the first thing to realize but then the other thing is you know how did i how did i last and stay persistent in, in pursuit of my goals is just staying healthy being smart and just being motivated from uh from the love for training you know it's not yeah knowing your body and understanding it and respecting also yeah exactly it's a it's the long you know if i didn't make it to the crossfit games greg i'd still be training the exact same way you know, I'd be I'd be trying to figure out the next sanctioned event to try to go to and and compete at and do the best that I possibly can because uh, you know I love to compete 
And, uh, you know, maybe that looks different month to month or within the year, um, you know, peaking and, and coming down off the training a little bit because of different lifestyle things that are happening. But uh, I think you resumed it very well. I mean, we've been talking about this subject for what, about two minutes now. And just that little quote there, if I wouldn't be going to the CrossFit Games, I would train the same way. Resumes yeah. exactly why you've been doing it for seven years and yeah. are still performing because you're having fun and you accomplish yourself in doing that so exactly and there's you know there's people in the gym too that there's a i mean being a gym owner i think helps that situation a little bit I, i feel like i owe it to my members to inspire them to continue to come back to the gym every single day and by by leading by example you know there's there's members in the gym that they're not all training the way that i train but they all come in at different points during the day and they all see me train and I train with them and, you know, we joke around and, you know, I help push them, uh, by, you know, being their training partner or being their friend. And, um, it's, they don't, it's realize, how, they don't realize how important this is for, uh, a top athlete like you, like you're being inspired by those people as much as you inspire them with your performance. Absolutely. And to me, it's important. It's important that I push myself and, be as fit as I can possibly be given my circumstances to show them that it's possible to do this with any lifestyle, you know, no matter how busy you are, that you can, you can set aside time for your own health and for your own fitness, you know, and, and you can have fun doing it. Last question. You said, uh, trying to go to the next sanction event. Are you going to hit one of those before uh, heading to the games? Atlas games. Oh, Atlas wait, Games baby. is next. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's true. Atlas and it's it's fun having a bunch of fit Canadian and international uh, athletes uh, on the floor for sure. It's the resurrection of Canada East Regionals, except this time it's in Montreal. You, yeah, yeah baby. I, I heard that they're going to tell all the athletes to count out the reps in French. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. It's better than Spanish. <laughs> Competitive advantage. Yeah. All right. We're going to let you uh, spend some time with uh, Jen and uh, Johnny. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good uh, day. See you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah, I'll see you in Alice Games. That's, that's <laughs> coming up pretty soon. Again. Thanks so much, Michelle. And uh, yeah, Atlas Games it is. See you there, man. Have a good day. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye.